Welcome to the Listen to Your Gut podcast with international best-selling author Jeannie Patel-Thompson. Because your body is your subconscious. Your body is the densest part of your soul. Okay, Jeannie Patel-Thompson here with Debbie Sarfati-Steinbach and Dr. Ray Steinbach. And we are talking about elemental diets. So we're going to jump right in. And um, can you guys tell me, because you have a lot of experience in both of you, both of your practices and your combined work, working with people utilizing elemental diets for various healing purposes. So could you start by telling us what kind of clients benefit from an elemental diet? And, you know, what's usually the amount of time that they have to go on it for and, you know, that type of thing. You want to start? Do you want me to start? Sure. Um, so, you know, there's sort of the obvious where I think elemental diets are being used most frequently. And I'd say it's probably the number one place we use in our practices with, with SIBO or small intestinal bacterial, bacterial overgrowth. Um, but also in patients who have inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's and colitis. Um, we've used it with people with arthritis. Um, I'm currently trying to get a... Uh, 10 year old boy who has rheumatoid new new onset juvenile idiopathic arthritis on it right now, but it's a little bit more of a challenge. Um, We've used it with rashes, um, eosinophilic esophagitis and different types of um, extreme like food allergies. Mm -hmm. Um, Some conditions of like some cases of like um, eczema where it's been more severe, you know, usually other things. So skin conditions and then um, pain in general. So not necessarily diagnosis of arthritis per se, but just kind of chronic pain. And, and even some of those cases where, you know, I think all of us have seen cases where people have sort of mystery illness and it's really difficult. You're doing all the right things in terms of diets and supplements and lifestyle, uh, but they're still suffering. And so sometimes, uh, you know, really hypoallergenic anti-inflammatory break for their gut and their immune system can be really helpful, even for those sort of more mystery clients. That's a good point. And Roy, as a pediatrician, have you seen an uptick in serious autoimmune and gut diseases in children in the last, let's say, five or 10 years? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I would say really even longer than that. But um, I think the awareness of it has increased quite a bit, uh, even for myself. I mean, you know, I would say maybe 15 years ago, I wasn't diagnosing autoimmune thyroiditis, whereas now that's something that, you know, I don't think a month goes by where I don't see a case of that. With uh, kids. children. Yes, absolutely. And, and a lot of the mystery illnesses in children, I think that's what's really increased these sort of like kids with POTS and strange, you know, hypotension, really strange pain syndromes, which I never saw in the first, you know, 15 years of my career. That's, that's really increasing. Do you have any theories as to why? Well, I don't think you have to look too far to our lifestyle, you know, beyond our lifestyles to, 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 to be suspicious. I mean, I think definitely part of it is the food, the quality of the food we eat, the way, the way we eat the food, um, the sort of intense lifestyles that we leave and, and really a lot of the nervous system activation, I think, particularly for teenagers, um, and children, you know, so much media and sitting in front of TVs, poor circadian rhythms of sleep. I mean, we can kind of go into all of it, but it, it's all the foundational stuff. You know, it's really, mm-hmm. I think even traveling is something that I think is underestimated. I think we've gotten so used to traveling so much where people, you know, took a break during COVID, but um, you know, I have families in my practice that travel once a month and that's terrible for our circadian I mean, rhythms. Then they travel. 
every weekend. Right, right, right. At least it maybe maybe that's more in a car, but even that yeah. has a stress. But I think travel like to different time zones on airplanes, all of that has a real impact. So those are, those are some of the many, many reasons. Well, and those reasons may be, um, you know, logical to you, but I can guarantee you there's a lot of people listening to this. You've just said, you know, two or three, maybe four factors that they didn't even consider because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And when you're, when everyone around you is living the same kind of lifestyle, eating the same kind of foods, it becomes the norm. So your brain doesn't clock it that humans don't normally do this. We don't normally, we haven't for the history of humanity lived this way and eaten this way and used all these pesticides and chemicals. And like the travel is a perfect example, absolutely perfect example. I have one of my brothers has young kids and he's traveling with them all the time. And guess what? They are sick all, oh. literally all the time. Yeah. yeah because yeah. they can never adjust. And one of them has developed some, you know, severe food avoidances and he's getting underweight now. And I'm like, wow, this is just, mm. they're, they're into a feedback loop into a snowballing cycle here, but they don't mm. even realize it. Yeah. Um, and what I can add to what Roy said is, although what he's seeing is changes in the way that, you know, kids are being diagnosed with things that he's never seen before. What I can say with adults is that conditions, particularly digestive conditions, are getting harder to treat. Like, whereas it used to be that, you know, you could put somebody on a good quality whole foods diet, you know, really clean up things, and people would be, you know, better. And now that's not enough anymore, because we really suspect a lot of these other things are coming into play, particularly that nervous system dysregulation. Was that what you were thinking, too? Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, of yeah. course where their body is just not in a state that's conducive to healing. They're living in fight or flight, which Roy and I always say, when you're living in fight or flight, what you're not in is rest, digest, and heal. And so if you're living in that chronic state of sympathetic activation, which most people are, you're not in a state that's gonna allow your body to heal no matter what tools you give it, how great your organic food diet is. So, so what do you do for people in that state? Well, I think the first <laughs> is the awareness of it, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's actually a really challenging piece for people because as we said already, that state is so commonplace right now that most people are living in that they look around and they're like, I'm not doing anything different than my neighbor and my best friend, you know? So for some people, it's really um, like understanding, helping, helping them kind of get into their body and realize how they feel all the time, that they're constantly busy, constantly rushed, constantly worrying, constantly in a state of fear, you know, when they sit down to eat or otherwise. Um, and, you know, and then kind of helping them after the awareness of it with some tools of where they can things that they can do for that. And so I think there's like an increased, sorry, I think there's an increased awareness um, in the holistic world about it as well. You know, um, there's lots of programs and different ways to use neuroplasticity and neuroscience to help kind of calm the nervous system down. I think the hard part that we see, particularly here, because there's so many different doctors uh, and practitioners is that there's also a subset of people and kind of new diagnoses, you know, the mole, the Lyme, sort of these conditions that encompass everything that then make it really difficult um, because people latch onto a diagnosis 
and they may have Lyme, but it's also activating their nervous system. And sometimes the getting better is not the antibiotics, but the working on the nervous system piece. Um, I totally agree that that is the absolute hardest piece to get people to look at and to understand how much of a big factor it is. They think that 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 mind soul piece is just like a little side thing. Well, I'll get to it and it's, you know, whatever, but let's deal with the physical because this is the real piece. And very often it's the reverse or the two are equally balanced. And okay, so tell me, so you've got someone coming in with a wide range of, of imbalances. What are the determinants where you say, okay, this, this person needs to go on an exclusively elemental diet? Like what is it about the elemental diet that you find useful or helpful when, you know, other dietary measures you don't think are going to work? Like, tell us what, what are the, what are the keystones, key pieces that you look for that make you say, ah, you should go on an elemental diet. Yeah. So I can take this one because I'm the one that puts yeah. people through the elemental diets exactly. in our office. <laughs> I just refer them to Debbie. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, so um, you know, I, I always say I'm in a really fortunate situation where people actually contact me who want to do an elemental diet, that they've heard of one and then they kind of, you know, want to know how to execute it, you know, correctly, properly, safely. But the things, you know, the things to understand about an elemental diet for, you know, people that don't understand this or don't know this yet is that you know an elemental diet is um, by nature of just the easily digested hypoallergenic nutrients. It's antibacterial, it's anti-inflammatory, and as I said already, it's hypoallergenic. And so that really allows the body and the digestive tract in particular to get into a state of rest, which is then what allows the system to heal because uh, digestion is such an energy needing state for the body. So when we can take the burden of digestion off the body, we can free those resources for the body to have to do all kinds of healing that aren't possible normally. So, you know, the other benefit of the elemental diet is that, you know, I always say we like to have tools in our toolkit that can kind of have a broad range of benefits and are relatively incredibly safe. So, you know, like antibiotics has a broad range of things that it can do, but we know that there's a lot of downsides to taking antibiotics when they're not used appropriately. Whereas an elemental diet, it can do, you know, all these things that we said really allow the body to heal itself, decrease bacterial levels in the small and possibly even the large bowel significantly, but without doing like a total wipeout, you know, of the gut in the process. And the downside is negligible. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really the, the biggest downside is you may not like how the experience or you may not like the taste or something like that. Exactly. I mean, there's not a whole lot of contraindications in terms of or side effects really from it. Yeah. So we always say like an elemental diet is incredibly safe when done when done appropriately. And I think that's the key part to what I see when I get those SOS phone calls is a lot of people aren't executing it appropriately. They're under consuming calories or, you know, not drinking the shakes correctly. Um, and, and, you know, and problems can ensue because of that. But when an elemental diet's done correctly, like the upsides are huge and the downsides are really, really minimal. And kind of to piggyback on what you were asking or to, to answer what you were asking as well is that you were asking about how do we kind of get people to do it or how do we decide um, 
You know, I think it's certainly not like the first thing we jump to. I mean, we, we use all the sort of foundations, you know, looking at lifestyle, sleep, you know, getting people on a whole foods diet. I think because of the type of practice we have, a lot of people who come to us, they're not eating the standard American diet for starters, you know, personally, specifically not in Boulder where we, where we practice. Um, so we're already getting people who are already at a fairly high functioning level and doing relatively decent with their lifestyle. We'll fine tune that first, but if someone's really stuck, I think it's actually Debbie's experience, you know, walking hundreds of people through elemental diets and having virtually almost hundred percent success rate, getting people through it. And then seeing such a large majority of people having tremendous benefit and, and the people who didn't have tremendous benefit having at least some benefit, it's kind of a relatively easy sell. Mm -hmm. And, and people are, they kind of self-select into groups that are either going to do it or not do it. You know, for some people it's an absolute no. And then for the people who, you know, who hear the benefits and, and want that kind of benefit, it, it they're seems, quite excited about it. Yeah. Most people are actually get excited about it. Yeah. I think because we've both done one personally, um, it's, it's also easy for, easier for us to promote it in that way and to mm -hmm. share our experience. I mean, mm -hmm. so many medical doctors, you know, when I was in medical school and residency, actually, um, you know, we used elemental diets for severe IBD when people, you know, inflammatory bowel disease, when people were, couldn't get them in remission with drugs. And it was always, I remember it was like, almost like you were going to tell people you're going to make them eat rocks for, for weeks. I mean, it, it was, it was like the worst thing you could offer them, but we don't come at it with that attitude because we've done it and we've also seen huge benefits from it. Well, also, um, I don't know when you were in med school, but when I first learned about elemental diets, the only products available were these super toxic products, high in corn syrup, you yeah. know, like casein, the most highly allergenic protein. And, and they didn't even try yeah. to um, ask people to ingest it orally. They said, we'll put in a shunt. We'll just put it straight in your stomach. Cause they knew that if they tried to get people to drink this stuff, the compliance rate would be so right. low. Yeah. So, which is why I then went and developed Absorb Plus. So, you know, thank God we've all had that. So, well, tell tell me then, can you share with us, um, each of you, your own experiences on an elemental diet? Like, why did you go on it and what was it like for you? Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, we always tell this story because I, so thanks to you, I have known about elemental diets for going on 23 years now. Um, I, I think I asked you this a few weeks ago, but when did you write the, um, your, listen to your gut? What year was that published? Um, sorry, I had put you on speaker view. <laughs> that was back in 2000. In 2000. Yeah, exactly. Right. So 23 okay. years. Exactly yeah, 23 yes. years. Yeah. Exactly. Because I came across your book and your website the year that I started my practice, mm -hmm. which was 2000. So that was the year <sighs> I started my nutrition practice. I was living in Manhattan. And um, so, you know, to give background to me, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 18 years old. By this time in 2000, I was 23, 23 years old because I'm 46 now. Yeah, <laughs> 23 years old. And, um, and at the time when I had been doing all of my research on what to do for myself and how to heal holistically, your book wasn't around. The only book that was around was Elaine Gottschall's Specific Carbohydrate Diet. And so then I graduated college, moved to New York, started my nutrition practice. And um, my first client ever was somebody that had inflammatory bowel disease. And she actually turned me on to your book. And I was like, this exists. And that was when I reached out to you way back when. 
So long story short, I've known about elemental diets for a very long time and had been using them with my clients over the years, but um, not in a full elemental diet. It would I would use elemental shakes as an adjunct if somebody was in a flare, um, going through chemotherapy, and we needed to up their calories and easily absorbable nutrition. So they've been in my toolkit for the whole 23 years that I've been practicing. In about 2013 was when I started like SIBO really hit the map at that point. And I was like, what is this SIBO thing that creates IBS for some people? Oh, bacteria in the small bowel. And so I started really diving into the research and what was being done for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And it was like, I started coming across that one of the most effective treatments that has an 80 to 85% success rate in eradicating SIBO was an elemental diet. And I was like, is this the same elemental diet that I know about from Jeannie, you know? <laughs> And, um, and so it was at that time that I started to understand like how that was being used. And so I can't remember when I did my first SIBO test on myself. It was probably sometime around 2013 right. and I tested positive. I had a mild positive for SIBO. And so I was like, okay, I have, you know, all these reasons. I knew it was something that was safe to do with my history. And then I had, you know, an acute condition that I wanted to treat. So I started researching, you know, more and more about elemental diets. And Roy always says that when I get into something, <laughs> I can find the bottom of the internet. And she does. <laughs> and so I would come home like every night and I'd be like, listen to this study I found on rheumatoid arthritis. Listen to this study that I found on this, you know, and I was kind of gearing up to start an elemental diet myself. And Roy kind of surprised me and I'll let you take over from here. Yeah. Well, my background with elemental diets is that, you know, we use them a lot with kids with severe, um, severe food allergies, particularly, you know, babies that can't even tolerate breast milk, um, you know, things like Neocate and things that are used pr predominantly as infant formulas. Uh, but those are really elemental diets. When you look at them, they're not the kind, not exactly the same thing we would use in an adult or older child. But yeah, when Debbie got really excited about it, I was having some digestive issues at the time, but did not test positive for SIBO. And, you know, we kind of like to experiment with stuff. So Debbie was really excited about it. And I figured, what the heck, I would just do it with her. Um, yeah. And it was a great experience. I mean, I bought us t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Debbie surprised, surprised me. I surprised him a t-shirt on day one, Jimmy, and it said, a couple that fast together, last together. I <laughs> love that. And then we had a little hashtag because we had warned our kids at the time, like, you guys were not going to be eating solid food for a couple weeks, you know, and they were young at the time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think it was Leo. Yeah, our son. Yeah, who kept saying, when are you guys starting your juice cleanse? And we're like, <laughs> it's not a juice cleanse. And so our t-shirt said, a couple that fast together, lashed together, hashtag, it's not a juice cleanse. <laughs> I, still, I still wear the shirt every week. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. Yeah. So we kind of both, we, but besides that I had SIBO that I wanted to see if I could eradicate without any herbs or antibiotics, we both also had this intellectual curiosity of what would it be like to not have food for two weeks and to try an elemental diet. And I knew for myself personally, and I think you're the biggest testament to this is if I was going to do this on a bigger scale with people, I needed to first try it out myself. Yeah. and see what the process was like before I would really be able to help other people through it.
I mean, I initially went gluten-free and dairy-free for the same reason, because I had been telling so many people to do it. And then when I met Debbie, I was like, perfect opportunity to try that being married to nutritionists. So, <laughs> but so what, same thing with this is just, you know, we'd like to try it ourselves first before we, 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 mm -hmm. we push other people through it. And what were you, from trying the elemental diet yourselves together, what, what were your conclusions about, um, what were the main benefits and also what were the main difficulties that you experienced? Yeah. So, so with the, the, the challenges of the elemental diet, we break them through into, we break them down into kind of two different categories, um, is that you have some psychological challenges to doing the elemental diet. And I can kind of list for you the ones that we see as like the top three psychological challenges of it. And then there's the physical challenges of doing the elemental diet, like what your body actually goes through in that process of being on an elemental diet. So, so uh, why don't we go through those and then we can kind of tell you about our own personal yeah. experience. Yeah, as we go through them. Yeah. So, so the psychological challenges, there, there, there's quite a few of them, but the, the top three would be, they're pretty obvious. So not eating solid food, the lack of variety that you have, you know, during the, the weeks that you're on it, and then the palatability factor. Like, what do you do if you just simply don't like the taste of what you're drinking? And so, you know, those are the psychological factors that most people have to, in, will encounter to some degree when they're on an elemental diet. And, you know, the truth of the matter here is that this really becomes a lot about their mindset and the, the story that they build around the process for themselves. So one of the things that we did personally and that we always ask our clients to do is to really connect with their why. Like, why do they want to try something like this? You know, and their why can be, you know, I've tried other things that haven't been successful for me. Or, you know, I've taken so many antibiotics and so many herbal treatments, and I want to do something that's more gentle, you know, this time. Or there are plenty of studies or testimonials of other people that have the same condition that I have who have benefited from it. You know, I had a client the other day, he told me that he was ready to drop out on day one, but he had done what I had asked and written down his eight whys. I didn't tell him to make eight, he had eight whys. And just reading those throughout the first day, just like kept recommitting him to the elemental diet process. That's so, such a brilliant strategy. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So yeah. So, so reconnecting to your why, and then um, do you want to talk about the healing time as we always call it? Yeah. I mean, you know, but Debbie and I feel like this with any significant change that you have to make, whether it's starting to drink more water or changing your diet from eating gluten to not eating gluten or whatever it might be, is that um, a lot of it is a matter of perspective. You know, when I went gluten-free, I was having migraines and some joint pain and I was getting sick more frequently. So for me, I looked at it as an opportunity to really heal myself. And, and that's so much of it is you know, if, if you're going to white knuckle this whole, the whole, the whole time you're on an elemental diet, when you're making a change, because it just feels like it's a pill you're trying to swallow to get better, that's really challenging. But if you look at it, every time I drank one of the shakes, I thought to myself, well, I'm giving my gut some rest. It's giving my body a chance to, to heal. And I, I really truly believe that naturally, but you can also, I think 
you can you can also raise affect your mindset. Yeah, you can affect your mindset if that's not something that comes naturally to you. Um, I think you can you can grow that mindset as well. So um, so yeah, I think the people who do look at it as something that's going to heal them, those are the ones that have the easiest success. I would mm-hmm. say, and and um, yeah, yeah. Um, also, people who are just sort of this is true. I think with everything in life, you know, people who are kind of resilient and tenacious and can realize that there's going to be problem solving that needs to happen along the way. That's a really important part of the sort of that, the successful attitude in general, but definitely with an elemental diet Mm -hmm. is, you know, we always say the people that come into this, knowing that if they have symptoms or side effects, that they're willing to troubleshoot it and figure Mm -hmm. it out and keep going instead of using anything that comes up as their excuse to throw in the towel. Brilliant. Those yeah. are so such great points. And Roy, I really love what you said about setting an intention every time you drank a shake. And I, I don't know what happened that made me suddenly realize, wait a minute, I'm taking my probiotics every day, just taking them when I, but these are live, my, these are live beings. These are like, I talk to my horses and my cats and I talk to the trees. Why am I not talking to these bacteria? <laughs> and there was like this light bulb moment for me. And so every time when I drink my probiotics, I welcome them and I say, thank you so much for coming to help us and welcome to our body. And, you know, just offering them so much gratitude for, for being in there. And like you said, Roy, I think it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the Dalai Lama, I remember hearing him say, you can eat anything as long as you eat it with love. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. very cool. Now, so I have one more question about the specifics of elemental diets. Have you found, um, have you seen the same kind of success with people who have chosen to go on just like a half elemental diet and half low residue or well-tolerated foods? Or have you seen that no, it's nowhere near the success rate of clients who are doing a full elemental diet. Like what's your experience with that? Great question. So I can kind of answer it. Like I've seen a little bit of both. So when somebody wants to do like, um, we call it like a partial elemental diet where they'll do some of their day with calories from, um, shakes and then the rest from solid foods, like easily, easily absorbed and digested solid foods. Um, I would say I've seen, you know, a small, a small amount of benefit, but maybe just from just kind of cleaning up their diet and simplifying in general. Whereas with a full elemental diet, you know, we've just gotten so many success stories that yeah, the results are more dramatic. the, The results are way more dramatic. But the caveat here is that, as you know, an elemental diet can be a long process for people, a full elemental diet. So what I have done in certain instances, and I've actually done this the most with inflammatory bowel disease, is we'll put somebody on a full elemental diet for say two or three weeks, and then um, then they'll go down to a partial elemental diet. And I've done this actually in a few cases of somebody who's used an elemental diet to wean off of their medications, particularly steroids. Like somebody who has tried getting off steroids so many times only to flare up again. And then they've gone on an elemental diet and they've done a really slow wean off of steroids, but we might not stay on a full elemental diet that entire time. So after a couple of weeks, when they're kind of done, we might transition them to a partial elemental diet. And it's been successful in that regard that 
even with the reintroduction of food and the decrease in steroids, they're able to get fully off of the steroids, you know, eventually. So on the tail end, I've seen better results than when doing it fully, never doing an element, a full elemental diet at all. And obviously they're working with their physician during that time as well, tapering off of meds, things like that. It's mm -hmm. not, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not something that I'm guiding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And Roy, you can't do it because you're working exclusively with children. So I, I see I see some adults as well. I see young adults. But, um, you know, interestingly, Debbie and I have not, besides pediatrics, we've not had a lot of uh, crossover into, into the, you know, Crohn's and colitis world of patients of that adults. we've seen, of adults that we've seen together. But I see a lot of like college age and young adult um, patients as well. Mm -hmm. More so for mental health stuff than GI stuff, though there's a relationship between those two things. And I work with people kind of all over the world, whereas, you know, at this point where I can only work with people who he physically sees in, in Colorado, Colorado exactly. where I can consult with people. Yeah. So we're working on that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, so tell us about this new program that you've set up. And I'm going to assume that the high demand for your help is one of the, like you can't, you know, there's only so many hours a day, you can only have so many clients. And then there's the high cost of working with you one-on-one. -on -one. So tell me about the program you guys have developed and how that came about. So with the, the program that we created, it's called the Elemental Diet Success Plan. Um, and the Elemental Diet Success Plan is exactly what you said. It was kind of born out of the one-on-one -on -one work that we've done in our clinical practice, seeing hundreds of people, you know, hand in hand through the Elemental Diet process. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, come up during an Elemental Diet that we call the par for the course challenges of the Elemental Diet. And we really believe that if you go into an elemental diet, understanding what the possibilities of what you can expect are, that you're so much more likely to, you know, A, succeed, but B, when those challenges arrive, keep your nervous system calm because you're like, oh, I knew this might be coming and I know what to do about it. So it's so much easier to stay part of the, you know, that course. So, so the program that we created really takes people through like all the phases of an elemental diet which to us is planning for the elemental diet and then implementing the elemental diet safely and then transitioning off the elemental diet and back on to solid foods successfully. So the program kind of takes them, you know, starting before they've actually begun the elemental diet, what are the things you need to do to prepare your body to begin an elemental diet? Because my suspicion is that a lot of the side effects people get initially on an elemental diet are actually not from elemental shakes at all, but they're from getting off of highly addictive foods, sugar, alcohol, caffeine, abruptly overnight. And you know what happens when we do that. You know, you get headaches, you get, you know, fatigue, you get, you know, you feel like a bus ran over you. And, and that's not from the elemental shakes. That's from their diet, having that to not having that, you know, so that's just one example, but we do a lot to prepare the body to go into the elemental diet process. And then, like I said, you know, how do you implement it? How do you calculate your calories, depending on whether you want to maintain weight, lose weight, gain weight? How do you drink your shakes, you know, in a way that best serves your body, your blood sugar, your energy, your fatigue or lack of fatigue, hopefully. Um, and then, you know, when the time comes to wean off of the elemental diet, 
do you just go back on to a hamburger and french fries you know <laughs> hopefully <Well>, not <laughs> sorry i gave that one away yeah, no, no you don't <laughs> yeah you know what foods do you go back on to so you can do you know what what i call maintain your gains that you've had from the elemental diet you know, so and we, also even using that as a period of a, of exploration of yes. what you can and cannot tolerate. You know, you're coming off such a clean uh, system with no allergens to then it's an opportunity to reintroduce things that you're not sure if you tolerate or not. Mm -hmm, exactly. And it's, it's, you know, you've done an elimination diet, essentially. Mm -hmm. So you have that, you know, now to be able to um, say, how am I tolerating these foods? And it is, you know, so welcome and surprising for me. Sometimes people, when they've done enough healing of their gut, they actually introduce foods that bothered them previously, and they're now able to introduce them again. And that's, you know, of course, those are the wins that, you know, I love most when it's just like, you know, straight up of things getting better and better. But, you know, for, for, for most people, there's, you know, some hurdles as they go back onto food, you know, to kind of navigate. Um, you know, that the symptoms that they're having, and if that's just natural from food reintroduction and their digestive tract kind of reawakening again, or if that's a symptom that they're having from mm. the food that they've reintroduced. And in the reintroduction sort of section modules um, that we have, you know, we even have recipes, it's really kind of like a plug and play. If you, mm -hmm. you follow those recipes that some of we've created and some that we've used over the years that Debbie's had amazing success getting people back onto food. Mm -hmm. So these are things that are kind of tried and true. Um, exactly. You know, we recipes. gave like an exact um, format of like what you want to eat for the first five days after the elemental diet. So people know exactly what foods they're going on to kind of no questions about it. And then what we teach them is, you know, how to understand what, you know, what type of diet may work best for you, given the condition that you have, given the foods that you've had in your diet previously that, you know, work well and don't work well for you. I think that's a super, super helpful component because there's two things that I've heard over and over in the 20 years since people have been doing elemental diets is that the first one is, and I'm gonna get you guys to answer this one about how to tell the difference between an intolerance and a Herxheimer die off coming off of you know toxic substances effect. Mm -hmm. And the second piece is this whole concept of food reintroduction and people going, you know, like I have a chart in the IBD remission diet that has you know, start with these foods first, but it's not as structured as what you just said. And I think what you just said is probably what people would prefer to have mm -hmm. so that it's like, just tell me what to do, especially mm -hmm. for that first week where they're really psychologically frightened of going back to normal food because Absolutely. they've had this amazing experience and they're so scared <laughs> to do something that might make them sick again. Um, so the other, so around that, I wanted to ask you, is there a certain pace of food reintroduction that, because you can do one food for three days, you can do one food a day, you can do two foods a day. Like, is there a certain pace of food reintroduction that you have found works the best for people? It's a great question. And that kind of, it comes back to like the yeah, difference right. between our own personal yes. experience here. Yeah, Debbie and I have very different bodies. It's hard to tell if you're, <laughs> if you're sitting on a cushion. I'm sitting on a yoga cushion. You know, I'm a foot taller than Debbie and almost twice her weight. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, our bodies responded to the elemental diet incredibly differently. Like I felt amazing on the elemental diet. 
Um, and I wasn't scared to come off of it because I don't have that relationship with food or don't have real serious chronic digestive issues. But um, but I felt amazing the entire time. And Debbie had a lot more challenges than I did. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, we can speak about those um, in a few minutes, but in answer to your question, food reintroduction. So this was like a lesson that I learned in doing elemental diets one-on-one. The first or second client I ever did an elemental diet with, we finished the, I think it was two weeks that this person did an elemental diet. And then I gave them a three-week plan to go back on all their foods. And I think they wanted to strangle me. I shouldn't say, I think, I know they wanted to strangle me. It was like, Debbie, I knew I was committing to two weeks of an elemental diet. I did not know it would be three weeks until I was back on my regular diet. And I was like, oh, good, good point. That was some misunderstanding, you know? And what I learned from those first, you know, couple dozen clients that I took through my one-on-one program was that for everybody, it's not a three-week process back onto food. There are those people like Roy who, you know, within that first week. Yeah, I felt fine immediately. I could have eaten a cheeseburger. I was, I would have been fine. I don't, wouldn't eat, I don't eat cheeseburgers, but I could, <laughs> I could have if I wanted to. Yeah. I felt fine. I had no digestive issues reintroducing food. I, you know, exactly. I felt totally fine. And, and so there's those people like that. And then there's other people where we really have to go slow because they will get symptoms, just as I said already, from their digestive system kind of reawakening again. And those symptoms also trigger psychologically oh my God, my symptoms are coming back. This didn't do anything. You know, is this a food that's not going to work for me that I should now pull out of my diet completely? So, you know, we, what we see on elemental diets is like, it's always across the board. It's like, well, it will be this, or it could be this, you know? And, and so what I did was I changed it from being um, a process that I put clients through day by day or week by week. And instead, I switched it in my my literature to be step by step. So when this step works for you, you move on to this step. When this step works for you, you move on to this step. And what that enabled me to be able to do was the people that had the experience more like Roy and could be back on their normal diet within three, five, seven days were able to do that. Whereas the people like me that did get some reintroduction of symptoms that did trigger my head to be like, oh, what's going on here? You know, could take it a lot slower over a two to three week period and do some more testing and exploration. And I don't mean lab testing. I mean, you know, experimenting, experimenting and exploration, you know, to be able to see like, is this just my digestive system reacting right now? Or is this a food that I really need to be, you know, thinking about putting to the side? And I think it depends on what condition they're doing it for, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly someone who's had lifelong, you know, Crohn's or Slip colitis or, or someone who's got severe food allergies or food sensitivities or eosinophilic esophagitis, people who are suffering more gastrointestinally, they're going to just naturally they have want more- to go slow. Yeah. And they're going to have more hangups around introducing food and food making them feel bad, right? Someone with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth who doesn't have that kind of relationship with food might be able to reintroduce it faster or, or someone with rheumatoid arthritis or something like mm-hmm. that, where it's not so much their digestive symptoms that fear them, you know, is for a different reason mm-hmm. can often reintroduce food faster. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the Herxheimer question. <laughs> That's the thing that just causes people the most anxiety is how can I tell whether I'm detoxing, cleansing, Herxing versus doing something that is wrong for my body or triggering an allergy or an intolerance response. 
Yeah. You're, you're talking about during reintroduction or while they're like doing the elemental diet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to like, so well, well, yeah, diet while you're on the elemental yeah. diet, I mean, you know, in theory, so the things that generally cause us to have like food allergies or sensitivities are, are mostly proteins. And, you know, it's probably broader than that in general, but that's the majority of the thing. And so that's why an elemental diet is so effective for that, because you're ingesting amino acids, which are the building blocks of proteins. Yeah. Or small chain peptides, if you're using like a, um, like a semi-elemental um, formula. Um, and those things are generally way more easy to tolerate than than proteins. So for the most part, most people are not having those kinds of sensitivities or allergies to the to the diets. I've had a few people like infants who can't tolerate certain formulas. And we've certainly seen people who believe that the formula is not working for them. And, you know, at some point it, it may not be, you know, we don't necessarily have great data except for what they're selling us, but we, we obviously believe them when they're really not mm -hmm. feeling well, if they're every time they're drinking it. And then we encourage like a change of elemental formula. Yeah. And, you know, I just went through this recently with somebody who was going through our program um, and she started with a formula that had fat in it, MCT oil in it, and had a suspicion that MCT oil just did not work for her. She had tried it for something else in the past. And the minute that we switched her to one of your formulas, the new amino, that she could add her own fat, which she chose flaxseed like her symptom that she was getting was every time she ingested it, she got like a burning in her stomach. And she's like, is that normal? And I was like, no, people might feel the shakes for like a half hour. And she's like, well, it's only a half hour, you know, and this person does not have any digestive issues. She was one of the people, as Roy said, that was doing it for um, just kind of broad. Yeah, lupus. Yeah, lupus-like, kind of, RA-like type symptoms, yeah. but no firm diagnosis. Pain, fatigue. Yeah, pain, fatigue, brain fog. And so long story short, you know, we kind of changed the formula and, you know, the biggest variable there was the fat in it. And that, you know, changed this, the symptom that she was having. Yeah, she she stopped having the symptom when we changed the formula. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like like I said, you know, the the amount of people that elemental shakes don't work for, I'm not sure we've ever seen it. Yeah. Like the, the bigger issue, and we cover this a lot in the program, is sort of like how quickly you drink the shakes, you know, making sure that you're mixing them properly, getting enough calories. Choosing the right formula. You can make yourself feel very sick if you're not consuming enough calories. I mean, starving is not part of the elemental diet. And unfortunately, you know, people do do that to themselves relatively frequently, especially if they don't like the taste, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, you know, so what, so, you know, to sum up the elemental diet and the Herxheimer reaction is, you know, a lot of what is considered a Herx reaction on the elemental diet. My suspicion is actually them getting off of, you know, a highly addictive foods very quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're getting those headaches, those muscle aches, those, you know, flu-like symptoms might actually not be a Herxheimer reaction right. and actually just, you know, the effect of not preparing their body for the elemental diet appropriately. Yeah. Um, but you, you did have some digestive stuff come up as you were having die off and maybe you can tell about that. Exactly. <laughs> and when that typically happens, um, that happens, there, there's no like real mark on the calendar, but you know, about five days into the elemental diet, that starts to happen where there's really that microbial shift that happens where, you know, the bacteria that are used to having a food source haven't had one in five days. And that bacteria starts to die. And the, you know, the outer bacterial cell wall, the LPS or lipopolysaccharides interact with our immune system. And we have that kind of Herxheimer reaction. How I knew that was what was happening for me 
was my first three to four days on the elemental diet, I felt great. And I was like, my body is tolerating this formula. I'm feeling good. Like there's no red flags for me. And then it was like, boom, the frequent bowel movement started. I wanted to be on the couch. My muscles were aching. I mean, I really felt like I had the flu. And what was the hardest for me during that process, which has been so valuable being able to say, you know, in our course and to clients going forward, is that um, I wasn't sure at the time how long that would last. Is this going to go from day five through day 14 plus? Or is this going to be something that passes? And so that day I was kind of, you know, willing to lay on the couch and, you know, I kind of knew what was coming. I had actually a paper that I had written down. You are looking for a microbial shift in your body. So what you're feeling is a double-edged sword. I know it doesn't feel well, but it's what you want, you know, and I kept reminding myself of that perspective. And then I woke up the next morning on, you know, around day six. And I still felt crappy. And I was like, oh, no, how long is this going to go on for? And then by that afternoon, I called my mom and I was like, do you want to go to the mall before I pick up Mia from <laughs> camp? I feel totally fine. And it was like this cloud had lifted and I was kind of out of it. And, you know, one of the best things that I think I've gained from working with so many people, and we talk about this a lot in the course, is when you prepare your, your body correctly and you know the challenges and you know what to expect and what to do with them, I've never had anybody that feels bad the entire time. And that's just the truth. There are pockets of feeling bad. Sometimes people don't go through what I just said until day eight. I've even had it not until day 12. And a lot of people don't go through it at all. And a lot of people don't go through it at all. And I think they just have more efficient detoxification systems that all that stuff happens behind the curtains. When you were going through that experience, were you simultaneously using any kind of natural antimicrobial like wild oregano, olive leaf, any? Okay, so just from the, the change in the diet alone? Not even really. You weren't? No. Oh. Yeah, not even consistently. Okay. So mine was exactly. So I knew it wasn't from any um, killing agent that I was using, any natural antimicrobial, um, because I chose, I wanted to be an elemental diet purist my first time. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't use, I wasn't using any of that that we could attribute to, you know, to that. And how do you work that with your clients? Like say for SIBO, where you know that the overgrowth is the core issue. Mm -hmm. Are you having them start? Um, do you do drug antibiotics? Do you do natural antimicrobials? Do you start it when you start the diet or do you do that before that you have started them on the diet? What's- Yeah, really good questions. Um, so I've never used any, well, because I can't prescribe drugs, I've never used any medications in congruence with an elemental diet. And, and in general, we don't find that you need to. Exactly. So that, that's sort of the one of the biggest benefits of using an elemental diet is that for the person who doesn't want to use drugs, which is a lot of our clientele, um, you don't, because I can prescribe them and I do, but there's people who just simply do not want to use them. Exactly. And um, and then with anyone that takes any type of herbs or um, antifungal, um, what we typically recommend is starting them one to two weeks before the elemental diet, so that if you do go through a die-off reaction, it happens in pockets where it might happen while you're on food and that variable is still there and you know what's going on. And then if you get any additional that happens from just the 
you know, microbial shift from the elemental diet and the, you know, change in bacteria in the gut, um, that it's not as extreme because it's not happening, you know, all at once. We also will really wean people on to any of those um, substances for the same reason. You don't wake up, you know, and do five drops six times a day of oil of oregano on your first day. You know, for that reason, people feel, you know, pretty crappy when they do that. So we'll kind of modulate that. You know, I really believe in like a slow and low approach um, because all of these symptoms that come up for people are so triggering for them um, that that can make or break, you know, the protocol yeah, that, because, you're, that you're doing. Sorry. Because so much of our clientele and definitely Debbie's clientele, even more than mine, because I, I see a lot more healthy people than Debbie does, um, you know, are so sensitive. I mean, we really get like the most sensitive people, right? So in general, when we're starting people on supplements or meds, we often have to start people on very small doses and really kind of like uh, try to smooth out any potential side effects over a longer period of time. Um, so that they won't feel terrible right away. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that could just be so triggering for them. And their systems oftentimes are just more sensitive than the average person. Yeah. And then let's talk about it on the tail end, Jeannie, like when you're putting food back in. So, and that most people aren't confusing that with like a Herxheimer reaction. They're more confusing that with like a, a food sensitivity that yeah. they might be experiencing. And Roy and I have a pretty simple rule in, um, I wonder if your head's in the same place as mine. <laughs> I'm not um, sure what you're going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that what, 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 what we always say, it's a light bulb for you in a minute, is that for something to be like a real sensitivity, it has to be repeatable. Yes. You got me now? Yes. I yeah. Um, it has to be repeatable. And so, you know, let's just say for argument's sake that somebody adds in sweet potatoes after their elemental diet and the next day their bowels are a mess, they're gassy, they just feel horrible, you know, and their brain's like, oh, are sweet potatoes bad for me? You know, well, you know, you obviously want to give them like a break from that food for a couple of days because they're, they're, you know, triggered around it. Triggered around it. Exactly. And then they try the sweet potato again. And I would say nine, 9.9 .9 out of 10 times the sweet potato is just fine for them, you know, that it's kind of more the state of their digestive tract and that it didn't matter what they ate, they would have reacted to it. And, you know, and that I, I joke with my clients all the time that if I had a dollar for every person over these 23 years, that's ever said to me, I ate X for dinner, I felt fine. I had it the next night for dinner, I felt terrible. You know, and I always say that's, that's not the food. You can't write off a food every time that happens it has to be more repeatable for there to be, you know, like, like for me, every time I eat pecans, I can eat all other nuts. Every time I eat pecans, it's we've a, tried it a bunch of times. It's a wild reaction that my body has. Every yeah. single other nut is fine, you know? So for me, that's one that's like very clear that, you know, I leave out, I've done IgE testing. I'm not true. Yeah, there's, no allergy. there's no allergy to a pecan, but my body is like, it does no. not like it. You know, I would, I would go for a childhood memory. Well, it, it's <laughs> That's where I'd go. <laughs> it's like my pecan child memories. My mom made me these pecan nut cakes. They're like, that I can't eat them. They're my favorite thing. She makes them for me now with walnuts. Like my childhood Debbie memories makes about pecans mean are pecan pie. <laughs> are, I have no bad childhood memories with pecans. Yeah. But it could have been, it could have been um, in somatic experiencing, they use a term called overcoupling, where mm. it gets linked to something else. Yeah. So, mm. I, and a very clear was, I heard a story about a 
a woman, she was eating grapes when she got the news that her mother had died in a car accident, mm. violently allergic to grapes from that day onward. Wow. Because I've heard the, of stuff like that. Yeah. Right? It, it got coupled with something it didn't belong with. So it's not going to be something evident to you, but if you can eat walnuts, but not like there's every other, there's, there's gotta be um, some kind of uh, mind body thing that happened with pecans. Yeah. So, well, it uh, happened in my adulthood because I was able to eat them my yeah. whole childhood. I hypnotherapy, it- hypnotherapy or EFT laser tapping would, yeah. I'm sure, uncover that for you if you ever wanted to. Yeah, go that route. I, it, it intrigues me. I mean, it's not hard to avoid being able to eat all the other nuts, but it, it's it's interesting. Exactly. Know? I totally agree. Yeah. Um, have you covered the physical challenges with what you just said? Because you you hit on a number of them. Um, yes. So we covered, okay. So we wrote down our top three physical challenges and we covered bowel change. Um, the other two that I thought would be worth spending a few moments on for your, you know, listeners in particular was, you know, weight loss is a big physical challenge for some people. Um, and you know, and that is really, um, you know, there's a lot to say and not a lot to say about that in the time that we have, but, you know, weight loss is something that, can be a very big trigger for people that have inflammatory bowel disease because many of those people are trying to gain weight. Um, and you know, they want to make sure that an elemental diet isn't going to, um, create more weight loss than what they want. And you and I have discussed this, you know, you know, I mean, you're, you're a testament to this. What did you gain? 35 pounds on your elemental diet, you know, in in six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm using, I'm using absorb plus shakes right now because I went to Mexico, my daughter and I got this flu bug. So I couldn't eat for a week. And you know, when, when you're the size of Debbie and me and you drop five pounds, it's it's like a lot of weight for our frame. So I'm back at the ranch where I have to do a lot of physical labor. So I'm drinking an absorb plus shake every day to just and I've, and within two weeks, I've put that five pounds back on. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So for the people who are scared of losing weight, is it simply a matter of intake or are there other factors going yeah, on? Yeah. So it generally is a ma- matter of calorie intake, but also, you know, the, the little gem I want to give your listeners is that it's also really normal to have about one, two or three pounds of weight loss. That's not real weight loss. And mm. that is just a lack of food volume and poop volume in your body. And, you know, and that weight comes back on so quickly when people get back onto solid food that we don't really count that as weight loss. So for me, as I've shared with you before, I drank, I think I want to say 350 calories above like my caloric needs to try to maintain my weight. And when I finished two weeks of the elemental diet, I didn't weigh myself the whole time because I knew I was getting in all my calories, but my yoga pants were like a little bit tight on me. So the last day I weighed myself, I'm sorry, a little bit loose on me. Yeah. Yeah, A little bit less tight. And, um, I weighed myself and I had lost two pounds and I was not concerned at all. And by the end of that, you know, probably even before, but I don't weigh myself really at all, but the end of that first week, um, just having, you know, food back in my diet and, you know, having poop back in my system, um, uh, you know, that weight came right back on without me having to, you know, consciously do anything. And I think that's a really important part for your listeners to understand that, you know, because when they start to see one or two pounds, it's their brains like, oh, God, is it going to be 10 by the end of this? It's not, you know, that's as long- 
super good point because I do remember reading that there's three to four pounds of feces mm -hmm. in your average person's intestinal tract. Yeah. So with the elemental diet, that's all going away. Exactly. So there's your three to four pounds right there. But exactly. like you said, the minute you start eating regular food and the transit time returns to normal, your body um, puts that. No, sorry. It wasn't three to four pounds of feces. It was three to four pounds of bacteria. Yeah. 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 And so, you're decreasing bacteria as well in the elemental diet. Yes. It's yep. amazing. We don't lose more. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think it all depends on sort of, we go over this a lot in the program, but calculating your calories and understanding what your goals are and calculating them based on your goals is really important. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wasn't worried about losing weight and I would have, and I was actually happy to lose a little bit of weight. And so not that I'm overweight, but I, you know, unlike Debbie, I don't have an issue keeping on weight. So I, um, and I did lose a little bit of weight and it maintained for a little while, mm -hmm. you know, and my body eventually turned back to its normal, happy weight. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the last physical challenge is, you know, what we refer to as that the three-day hump. And the three-day hump is essentially that for most people, the first three days on the elemental diet are really the most challenging as their body's getting used to a liquid diet. You know, for me, like that meant getting used to a diet that was um, cold. I really like warm foods. An elemental diet doesn't afford that, you know? And and so, you know, I we call it the three-day hump because you really use those first three days to kind of troubleshoot what's hard for you and make adjustments, then most people are able to get into their rhythm and kind of coast for the rest of the weeks. Um, but if you if you don't, then any challenges that come up, whether they're, you know, bowel challenges, energy challenges, oral challenges, you know, et cetera, et cetera, are going to be an excuse for somebody. I don't know if excuse is the right word, but an opportunity to throw in the towel. Um, so you know, understanding that your body is not going to feel the same on an elemental diet is super important, you know, because if you go into that expectation that it's just going to be you on shakes feeling exactly as you normally do, you know, you're, you, you might be surprised when that doesn't happen or if that doesn't happen for you. And not the same might be feeling great. So mm -hmm. that's the other thing. It's not necessarily that people feel bad on an elemental diet. A subset of people have some symptoms some of the time, but there are a lot of people who feel amazing on it. I mean, we have people who use them intermittently for years after being on an elemental diet because it's a great reset for them and they feel mm -hmm. unbelievable, unbelievable. The same way you just talked about using yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of people like if they hit a stressful period or, you know, we've got one guy who travels quite a bit. So he just packs a suitcase of Absorb Plus because he's like, I don't have to worry about getting sick because he travels for work. So he's mm -hmm. like, I can't be under, I can't, you know, all of a sudden come up, come down with something. And then um, I really love what you said about getting people to do the antimicrobial for a couple of weeks before they start so they're not hit with the die off from that, plus the die off from the elemental diet, and then all these changes all at once. Exactly. I don't know why that never really occurred to me. I think because I developed all this stuff ongoing and organically, and I'd already been on, on wild oregano for quite a long time. And like, I, but it's, it's so cool to talk to you, having had so many clients, you bring this really unique perspective to the process and things that you've gone, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> let's not load you up with too much change at once. <laughs> exactly.
mm-hmm. for you physically and emotionally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that alone is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Well, we're at the end of our time, but Debbie, you have um, a coupon for my listeners and readers that we're going to make available. Yeah. Um, so that's either going to be in the show notes or in the blog post to look for it um, for your beautiful new program. And, uh, you know, the things that I just want to highlight for people to take a look at on the website is we really spent a lot of time doing like an extensive Q&A on the website. So, you know, I really encourage people to check that out. It talks a lot about, you know, the most common questions that we get um, about whether or not an elemental diet would be beneficial and, you know, so so many questions there in that Q&A. And then what we really wanted to do as well as we gave um, what we called a sneak peek into the program. So, you know, down toward the bottom, um, we gave a sample of two lessons, you know, just a few minutes from two lessons that people could listen to, to really get, you know, the feel of what the program is like, as well as two little snippets of, um, there's kind of five downloadable resources that go along with the program. So the program is 14 lessons that take people through, and then there's um, there's five um, guidebooks that go along with the program. So there's um, the program timeline, which does exactly the things we're talking about, helps people with the timing of when to start things, when to order things, when you know to start the elemental diet, when to wean off certain foods, et cetera, et cetera. There's the program workbook, which you know helps them stay on track through all the lessons. There's um, a detox support guide which helps them if they're feeling any of those Herxheimer die-off type reactions and some tools that they can use. Um, There's a transition diet recipe guide, which is what we talked about, you know, helping people get back on to those first five days of food specifically and then going beyond that. And what's our fifth hand up? I'm missing one, we have five. Uh, Yes, exactly. Supply list, exactly. That helps them to, you know, order any shakes or other supplies. Yeah, direct links to <laughs> Absorb Plus and other, other supplies formulas that they might that, need, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, and, um, and yeah, so that, so, so uh, there's in the sneak peek, there's uh, a look into a few pages of the workbook and, you know, a few pages of the timeline. So people can get really an idea of, you know, the feel of the program and, you know, how it supports them and takes them through everything. Yeah. And the program's very digestible. It's, you know, it's 14 lessons, but it's not going to take you three weeks to go through it. It's, you know, people have gone through the program. One to three days. You know, if someone's motivated and wants to start, we've had people go through it. You know, it's about three and a half hours of content. And the beauty of it is um, the shortest lesson, I think, is six minutes. The longest lesson, maybe 25 minutes. So we have people who, when they get to a certain phase and they're feeling like, oh, okay, die off is starting for me. They go back and they listen to that module on the physical challenges of the elemental diet. And then when they're really about to begin food reintroduction, they go back and listen to the transition diet module again, you know? So, yeah, yeah. so it's, um, we broke it into really small pieces so that people could go back and listen, you know, again and again, where the needs come up. I love it. I I did take a run through uh, when you sent it to me and it's super easy to navigate and everything is done so well, so clearly, so professionally. I think it's a great resource that you've made available to people. And just to bring together like your combined 
knowledge and expertise and like Debbie, like how many hundreds, I mean, you're probably into thousands of clients that you've oh, yeah. walked through one-on-one -on -one elemental diets. Like you're such a great um, resource for people to have, especially someone who's never done one before. I mean, fantastic. Thank you Thank so much. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's always so good to chat with you. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, we will um, end this one for today. And if, if we get a lot of questions in, we'll have you guys back on. Um, but we will put all the links again to your website and the coupon code in the show notes and in the blog post. And Roy and Debbie, thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you.